everybody. Welcome. We are here with, I like to call you one of our best kept secrets. Oh, thank because you. Because you are a little bit hard to get out, not to parties, but in general. And you were recently kite surfing in Peru. And Camille said yes to be here, which is a big deal. But you were at peace and happy. And now you're stuck with us for the next 45 minutes. And we are thrilled. So welcome. Well, thank you. Happy <laughs> well, to be here. You're so, welcome. Proper introduction, Camille Lalji. Uh, one of our realtors at our downtown office, one of our top producers. Congratulations on being one of the top producing teams for uh, 2017. Thank you. Yeah, it's super Appreciate impressive. That. So we want we wanted to have um, we wanted to have you here because for the, the for the few not few but for the few times that I've been around you, um, and you know Lindsay said the same thing. You are brilliant. You really are. You have a, you have a brilliant. Don't say I know. That. It's, it's, it's true. You have you have a very nah. you have a very brilliant business mind that I feel ended up working in real estate, which which is great. But the way that you the way that you think about things and place different pieces together and the leverage that you find. I mean, I, I think that you could take the way you think about things and and be successful in anything. But you picked real estate, and of course, you're successful in that. But because because of that, we wanted to have you here because. The, because of that, just from, from a system standpoint, to help people understand why that's so important, how to leverage people, how to build things bigger than yourself, keep control of it, and still be as peaceful and calm and chill as you always are. Okay. Well, that's impressive. I'm happy to share all of that with you today. Awesome. Very good. Very good. Yeah, that's great. We, uh, so in the next three hours, we're going to have... Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Don't know if I have that much time. Bye. So, Camille, take us back... Tell us about um, yourself and your story in terms of getting into real estate and leading up to where you are today. Sure. How far back do you want me to go? Because oh, I can well, go all the way back to my great-grandmother. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> Let's go back to where you decided you're going to get into real estate. What were you doing sure. at that time yeah. and that evolution? Uh, so I just finished university. I went to a really good business school uh, in London, Ontario. I knew it. Yeah. Business. And so all of my friends were doing investment banking. And I thought, oh, I should do investment banking. They're making good money, but they all hated their lives. So I was like, ah, there's, there's something better out there. Uh, my dad, as you guys know, was an agent with CIR for many, many years. And so my idea, and, and growing up, you know, uh, it was interesting seeing him work because it never seemed like he was actually working. <laughs> uh, and I mean, he did very well. And, uh, you know, he'd take me to, to work with him at CIR. And every now and then, you know, when you'd have a professional day. And uh, we'd go to a fancy steakhouse. So we'd go to a nice coffee shop. We'd go to Lindsay Park and go swimming. And I was like. And this was, this, this was like the take your kid to work day. Yeah, I was like, this is wicked. And he'd have a couple of meetings. You know, I'd, I'd always hear him on the phone. Like, he'd have a car phone. Yeah. Um, you know, when he wasn't on the phone, we were listening to audiobooks on personal development type stuff. So I was like, this is wicked. I could do that. <laughs> Make tons Man. of money, don't work very much. I mean, sounds like a dream job. Totally. Um, so after I finished university, I said to my dad, Dad, I want to get into real estate. My vision of it was he's going to give me all his clients. He had already been retired for a couple of years. Uh, so my vision was he's going to give me all his clients. He's going to make a bunch of money, and I can go and invest that. And uh, so that was my vision. Uh, the reality was completely different. Oh, that's funny. Um, when I finished my real estate course, you know, I still had this vision. And my dad said, no, what are you talking about? I've given away all my leads already five years ago to my former assistant, so you don't get any of those. And you don't get any money. You don't know anything about real estate. And I said, okay, dad, well, what do I do? And he said, well, you know, go knock on some doors. 
And I said, come on, there must be something else. So he actually, uh, he gave me a book. And when he gave me the book, he said, treat this book as if uh, it's not worth its weight in gold, but it's worth its weight in diamonds. Mm. And I said, okay, well, this sounds interesting. This yeah. is going to be an easy path. Um, do you remember the book? I do remember the book, and I'll share it with you guys, even though my dad will not be happy He's about it. He's building anticipation. Uh, no, 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 no anticipation. Uh, the book is called List More, Sell More. Jerry hey. Bresser. Jerry Bresser, yeah. And uh, it's all about um, memorized dialogue and uh, conversational structure um, so that when you're discussing things with people, you already know what the end goal is. You know, you want to get the listing, you want to get them to commit to buying with you or whatever it is, but how to get them to that point. Um, so it's all about objection handling and how to move conversation forward in the direction that you want it to go. So lots of questions and, you know, when you're pressuring people, there's ways to depressure the situation and make people feel comfortable. Um, so the whole thing with Jerry Brescher was memorize the dialogue first. And once you've memorized it, um, then you can kind of put your own spin on it. His, his analogy was, you know, if you're at a karaoke place and you're singing a song, if you don't know the words, it doesn't matter how good of a singer you are, it's going to come off terribly. Uh, but once you know the words, you can put your own spin and, you know, your own character to it and own application. That's really good advice. Yeah, so it was a great book. Um, it involved a lot of Fizbo type stuff. Um, so I did that initially when I first started. I knocked on hundreds and hundreds of doors and uh, called thousands of people. Wow. And uh, it was a lot of work and it was probably more work than all my investment banking friends were doing. Um, and it was a struggle. Uh, but it, you know, like anything, it takes time to get good and develop your skills. And I was a 21-year-old kid when I first started. Wow. wow. Um, so how so old are you now? I am now 34. So you were little when you started. I was little. I had a full head of hair. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was a glorious thing. Uh, but, you know, people would look at me and be like, wow, this guy's a 21-year-old kid. He doesn't Just know maybe anything. we can find a picture of you then to insert into this video. Uh, Leslie has one, actually. <laughs> oh, this is, <laughs> yeah. this is fantastic. Yeah, it's okay. my original How business old were, card. You were quite young in your first year, too, weren't you? Because I remember... Uh, 23 when I started. Because so. we once had a bit of a conversation where you said that you had, and I could be wrong if I'm saying this, but it was the same thing when you first got started because you were only 23. Well, I did the, the other thing is I, I did, the only thing I owned was um, golf clothes. So I had khakis and golf shirts. And the first question that everybody asked me was, how long have you been in the business? Right. Because I looked like I was fresh off the school bus. <laughs> right, so, right. So that was just natural. So I, I empathize with you, yeah. um, what that was like. And I love the fact, and there's a saying out there that says, you know, um, if you do the things that nobody else is prepared to do, then eventually you'll, you'll never have to do those things again. For that's sure. not exactly what the saying is, but it's something along those lines. Yeah. And I think you, you, you walked that. Yeah. You walked that path. Yeah. Um, so, so you got in, and then what, uh, where did that evolve to? Did you keep growing your business by cold calling and door knocking? Uh, I did uh, initially. And I mean, the only listings I got or buyers I got, I think, looking back in retrospect, were people that kind of pitied me. Uh, and they were just like, yes, oh, this yes. poor guy, he's Pity. out in like minus 20 knocking <laughs> on doors and uh, let's give him a shot, you know? And so it took a lot of time. And then 2006, uh, the second year, was a big boom in Calgary for real estate. And all of a sudden my income multiplied by five. Wow. 
Yeah. Um, and I was like, this is wicked. Yeah. <laughs> this was the right choice. Yeah. Uh, I remember there was, there was a time during that, that period where I was like, I don't get out of bed for anything less than 20,000 bucks. And <laughs> totally bad attitude. But when, when the money is coming in, yeah. um, it's easy to say that. It's easy to get complacent and a little lazy. And you know, your bank account's filling up. And then you're like, well, I don't need to really work. Well, and you're 22. I'm 22. Right, like and you're oh, 22. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. And, and you know, my intent always with real estate was uh, not to necessarily be an agent, but to be an investor. Right. And so I had actually already started to acquire properties at that age. And back then, things were a little different. Um, and, and when the markets are moving so quick, you can do things like skip transfers and stuff like that. So I remember there's one deal I bought, um, you know, these two houses in Forest Lawn for $200,000. And by the time I took possession six months later, they were three hundred, dollars and I sold them without taking possession. I was like, wow, this is a wicked job and I've made the right choice. The next year or the year after, yeah. everything came crashing down. Yeah. And uh, of course, to be successful at real estate involves a lot of hard work, which I had not developed that, that ethic yet. Um, and so the next year, my income went down to lower than my first year. And I was like, I've made a mistake. <laughs> I should have investment banking. Should have been an investment banker. Should have been an investment banker. But then I felt committed to it and I was like, no, I can turn things around. And, you know, um, just kept at it and uh, kept growing, kept doing the Fizbos. And uh, so kind of back to some of the basics. Back to some of the basics. Uh, and then I started to get smarter and, um, you know, learn how to. Um, pick the low-hanging fruit um, and um, chat with, I guess, the people who I thought were going to give me business and give them more attention. And a lot of my business now revolves around that. That's awesome. Um, so, you know, I've, I've developed a very good network of clientele. I'm in with a lot of uh, engineers and physicians. I do a lot of presentations at Shell. Um, and, you know, of course, that took time to develop. Of course. Uh, but now, you know, I, I provide a super high quality level of service. And when I'm, when I'm doing business with someone, um, the big thing is back then, you know, I used to treat a transaction like a transaction, like you were buying something at the store. You bought something, okay, see you later. Let's not talk again until you're ready to buy something again. Now it's very much like I put myself in the perspective of my client. I say, well, if I was that person, how would I want to be treated? Love that. What, what are Love the decisions that. that I would actually make? And so I often will tell people, like someone will say to me, oh, you know, Cam, I want to buy this place. Uh, I think it's a really good deal. And then I'll, I'll look at it and I'll go through it with them. And I'll say, no, you don't want to buy this place. And it's an easy commission for me to say, yeah, buy this place. But I often will tell people, no, you don't want this because of this, this, and this. Yeah. Uh, because it's a long-term approach. And I want to actually develop a relationship with these people. I want to be their agent for life. I want them to refer me to tons of people. Yeah. Um, so that's now my approach to it. When you just genuinely have their best interest. Exactly. At heart. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, when I first started, that may have not been true. Uh, just because, you know, I was poor and wanting commission. And so I was just like, let's just do a deal. And, and then when we're done, we're done. But now it's a very different approach. And usually the people I like to work with now, I actually, I will only work with people that I could potentially be friends with. So it's like transactional versus now being relational. Exactly. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, so right. how did it evolve into the team? Yeah. Um, so the 
team was uh, initially just to project a bigger image. So back in like 2000, collaboration. yeah, collaboration, Perfect. exactly. So back in 2006, when I was still doing individual work and the market was booming, uh, I would actually manipulate the CIR system. And I should, probably shouldn't tell you guys this, but you guys have fixed it now. Uh, so we, we, we can't beat you because we're being filmed. So this is, <laughs> consideration. Yeah. Past consideration. This no is a really good time to disclose things because we just have to be like, hmm. So what I would do was I would intentionally not hand in documentation and then they would hold my commissions and I would let those commissions build up and then all of a sudden I'd hand in all the documentation and then they'd be like, all right, you're the number one at CIR uh, because they, they looked at it when you actually got paid rather than when the transaction happened. Now it's whenever the transaction happens, that's when the money counts. Yeah. We so still hold the commissions, but it's... Still uh, hold the commissions. <laughs> but, but now it's already hit the books. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so before I would like stall Cheeky my commissions monkey. and I'd be number one several times over at the whole company or, uh, you know, at the, back then it was the Northwest office. Uh, now that's, of course, changed. Um, but, you know, when you are top uh, producer, that's something you can actually advertise. We'd advertise it back then in the Calgary Herald. Or you'd tell your clients, hey guys, I got number one. Thank you so much for the business. Really appreciate it. You know, totally. let your friends and family know that I'm a top agent at CIR. Um, so the initial point of the team. And did that, and did that get you business? Um, I I've always wondered. I think like credibility is like. It, it is credibility. And, you know, back then for me, like now I don't really care so much about that. Back then for me, it was more of an ego boost. Right. Right. I tell all my friends and like, oh, I'm like the top agent at CIR. There's 600 people there. Uh, now I'm very like, I don't really care about the ego thing at all. Uh, often Steve will ask me when we are number one, he'll say, oh, you know, can I post this thing on your Facebook? I'm like, yeah, sure, post it, but I'm not going to actually activate it so people can see it. Yeah, yeah. Because now I'm like, uh, there's, there's better ways to express your, your success. Uh, I'm more into the humble brag than, than actually just outright boasting. But back then I was more, you know, I was a young kid and I was like, I'm earning tons of money, um, so might as well show it off. Yeah. But attitude has changed. Um, so initially with the team, it was more, you to know. To be number one more often. Yeah, exactly. If we could get a lot of people together, um, you know, we could just show that we're number one, even if we're not a proper team. Right. Um, so the way our team structure works, uh, and it still works the same way, is that you can still do your own individual work so long as I'm able to monitor the transactions. Right. Uh, and then anything that I send as a lead, uh, there's a percentage that's paid. Um, but, you know, if you're doing your own work, that's cool. And there's no, no split for that, essentially. So when you say monitor the transactions, what does yeah. that mean? Um, so I'm able to actually see everyone on the team's transactions, uh, what they've done, whether it's their own individual transactions or a team transaction. Uh, and then that way I can determine, okay, this is, you know, been this a wasn't referral. a lead, this wasn't a yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right. Exactly. Cool. Yeah. So that's still how you operate today? Still how I operate today, yep. But you do, in terms of kind of team meetings and collaboration and the way you market together, yeah. I definitely see people on your team doing a lot of business together. For sure. Right? Like it seems like there's been a lot of leveraging of the different talents and skill levels yeah. of the individuals, which is, which is kind of cool. Because you see kind of these two will pair off or these three will pair off or you'll do something with somebody and you're able to accomplish very different things than just in a very traditional team structure where there's, um, you're obviously you're the team lead, but there's a lot where it's, this is obviously the team leader and it's just like that. Where it seems on your team, there's a little bit more, there's a little bit more horizontal in terms of. There is for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 
Um, so uh, I guess the, the one thing is that um, with the team structure, it's, it's, not, it's not a structure where it's obviously, it's not super strict or formalized. So we tend to collaborate more together. We're not, I'm not greedy about the splits and the commissions. And I often know that, okay, look, I'm paying this fixed cost to totally. an assistant and they're doing all this advertising anyway. Might as well do the advertising for these guys. And we all look good together. Yeah. Um, and we all can grow from that. And there's been cases where even I'm spending money sometimes. I'm like, wow, I'm not going to get any return for that at all. But the, the, the thing is, is that uh, I try not to look at it in a very greedy way. I try to say, okay, well, let's, let's see where we can all grow and we can all help each other out. Yeah, you're trying to make the pie bigger. Yeah, exactly. More to split around. Exactly. Um, love that. Now, the other thing that you've done is such a great job of is you've attracted quality people. Yeah. Like the people that you're working Absolutely. with, are, they're all top producers in and of themselves. Um, they're all fantastic, fantastic people. And do you believe that that speaks to um, your ability to have that sort of lead generation portion, but also for them to in maintain their individuality? Like what, what, do you th what do you think, or is it quality um, people, attract quality people? If I were to say to you, how do you attract quality people like you've done, what would you tell me? I would actually say it's just people I like, like and get along with. Perfect. Um, so common shared interests. Yeah, and, common and, shared interests. You know, I can look at Yvette or Angelique and say, these guys are like good, hard workers. Totally. They're passionate about their business. Um, whether or not they're part of a team, they would still actually be successful. And those are the type of people I would want on the team. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm happy you said that. And I was hoping you'd allude to that because um, there's our, and, and you know, the, the team, a lot of the teams that we have um, at CIR, there's, there's some of them have a lot of similar similarities to that, but you often have, not often, but you see sometimes people go to teams because, and, and this is great, like I, I'm a huge believer, I'm a huge believer and supporter of, of real estate teams, but somebody can't do on their own, right. therefore they need somebody to supply them with business, tell them what to do, and it almost ends up being a little bit more of an employee boss perspective which, sure, which sometimes is necessary which is necessary and not a, and some people need that and love that right like yeah. some people love direction and they love being able to work like that so i'm not i'm not faulting that at, by any means it's, it's it's great but but the way yours is is any of these people in and of themselves would be great For so sure. they're not coming to you because it's i need business cam yeah. i need to be on a team it's i have a good business let's collaborate and individually exactly. we'll all eventually just have great individual businesses because of our work yep. harmoniously together. Yeah, exactly. And then there's certain, you know, again, it's like the website and the advertising. I'm already paying for all that anyway. So why not add a couple people? The marginal cost is minimal. Yeah. Uh, let's all look good. Uh, let's all benefit from it. Um, you know, the, the big thing that I look at is, um, you know, if I'm considering recruiting other people is their work ethic and practice with regards to real estate prior to a team. So there's a couple of people at the downtown office, you know, you see them every day and you're like, ah, oh, these guys come in, they're making calls. Um, you know, these guys would be easy fit for the team. Uh, but then the people that don't. Totally. It's like, well, you probably they're, they're more out of desperation successful. versus. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then yeah. do you want to give someone like that a lead? You know, someone who you know is not coming into work or not totally. putting in the time totally. because it's going to reflect on you and reflect on the team, and, and that's you know not something I'd want. We have something, um, you know, at, at CIR when we when we think about 
um, people, and, and you know, the people I think about are, are not in the business anymore, but you know, you have these moments where, you know, we might get a, you know, a relocation lead that comes in or something, and it's, you know, I know so-and-so hasn't been doing very good, and maybe I should, but it's really important to remember that there's an actual person who needs real estate help mm -hmm. that just asked for it. Yeah. And sometimes it's kind of scary to say like, I'm gonna help this realtor out by giving them this because the client always needs to come first. For sure. Right. Yeah, I mean, so, it's, so you it's need scary to, to refer oh, yeah. to like a brand new agent who doesn't understand certain things or, or looks at things from a transactional perspective. Right. You know, no. the, and now that you know what that is, you can probably exactly like, the, that. Yeah, like I wouldn't hire myself. <laughs> exactly. I, I wouldn't have. I'd be like, oh, this guy's really short term <laughs> thinking and, uh, you know, he'll do one transaction and done. And, you know, it's not something you'd want. So let's switch gears for a second here sure. because um, you've been super busy. You've been slow. You've been super busy. You've seen both gamuts. Um, and one of the things that, you know, we've been really impressed with is the way that you've been able to use leverage and some systems. Mm -hmm. um, tell us about a few of them that you might have set up and sort of what you believe are some systems that are foundational to your business. Uh, I would say the number one and most important thing for me is having a full-time assistant. I do not agree with you more. full-time administrator, having someone that you can delegate things to. And there's a couple ways to look at it. So imagine 21-year-old me, 22-year-old me, 23-year-old me, uh, you know, going through these ups and downs. Um, you know, I've never, I've, I've had jobs, I guess, where I've hated. Um, but you come into a work environment where school is completely different than your, you know, you sometimes skip class, you go to class, they start early, they start late. Yeah. Um, to maintain work hours um, is something that's super important and, and an assistant actually helps you to do that. Right. Um, so the fact that my assistant comes in every morning at 8.30 or 9 o'clock, uh, right now she's coming in at 8.30. And this uh, is Monday through Friday. This is Monday through Friday. Full time. Full time. So she works 8.30 to 5. I've actually got two assistants. So I've got a double, double assistant on Friday, which the, the first one comes in at 8. The second one comes in at 8.30, but otherwise it's 8.30 Monday to Friday. Um, so knowing that this person is coming into the office every morning uh, and knowing that, you know, as a worker, it's very easy to be complacent. If you don't have direction, if you don't have something exciting to do, uh, it forces me every morning to actually come into the office, have work for her to do. Um, yeah. And it's almost, as if, it's almost as if she's my boss in a lot of ways because I know that she's there and if I'm not there, it looks terrible. It looks terrible. She feels bad about it, probably. Uh, or, you know, she's, you know, there's been periods where, you know, I get lazy or whatever. I get off track and then I don't come in and then they're just there doing nothing. And I feel really guilty about that. I remember actually um, when I was with the Northwest office, you know, I tried to institute work hours when I was younger. It didn't work. Uh, but what I did was with, uh, there was a receptionist there called Isis. And uh, I told her, okay, every day that I come in at nine, um, you know, we're even. But if I don't, I'm going to give you $10 to donate to a charity of your choice. And that only lasted so long uh, because then I owed her like hundreds and hundreds of dollars. And I was like, this is not working. But knowing that I'm paying someone yeah. and that that money is wasted if I'm not there giving them direction, super important. And then the other way to look at it is um, if your best or your most productive time is spent 
loading listings and doing administrative stuff and uh, you know doing very monotonous, easier sort of stuff where you could pay someone $20 an hour to do, uh, you're doing something wrong. Yeah. Because that means your time is only worth $20 an hour or less. Yeah. Which is a terrible thing if you're in real estate. Your time should be worth way, way more than that. Um, That's a great way to put, that is a great way to put that. You're right. Like if you were to look at the tasks that you're doing and you put a value towards that. Absolutely. What would your hourly rate be? Yeah. And how do you make it higher? And it's by not doing those things. Exactly. So if you can find someone to do those things and then you go do the things that are earning you a much higher dollar per hour, that's where you're earning dollars rather than saving cents. And, and in this business, if you're not earning the bigger amount of money and you're focused on saving the pennies, you probably will not last very long because your revenue just won't be big enough to support all the costs and business. expenses and exactly. Um, you know, and then also once they're doing all those monotonous tasks, you can actually then go and focus on the bigger picture things, meeting with clients, making high level decisions, uh, and, and automatically, the interesting thing is when you have someone doing those things, you start to think bigger. You start to think, okay, how can I implement a better system? How can I uh, you know, do whatever it is? I just recently uh, did a system where um, you know, I've, I've got quite a few rental properties and I manage quite a few rental properties for family. Um, so over the last 10 years, um, there's been, I think it was 1,600 potential tenants that have emailed me. Uh, and I, you know, I randomly thought of this the other day. So I was like, well, you know what? I, I want to generate a little bit more business. This year is probably going to be a little slower because interest rates are going up. Economy's still not good. So let's focus on first-time home buyers. Well, renters are great first-time home Absolutely. buyers. So we took this whole, um, you know, number of people that have emailed me over the years. My assistant created the database. Um, you know, she went through all my emails, which is something I would never want to do. She wrote down all their names, got all their phone numbers, got all their emails, and then we sent out an email to them uh, through MailChimp saying, you know, if you are looking to purchase, it said first, you know, you've emailed me in the past, just for regulatory reasons, so you've yeah. emailed me in the past uh, looking for a rental property. I just want to let you know that this year is a great year to buy, these are the reasons why, so on yeah. and so forth. But the implementation of these, these big ideas, uh, First of all, the, the thought of the big ideas or the creation of the big ideas only happen when you're not doing the when you're loading your own listings. Yeah, you need, you need the exactly. free, free mental space to, to think of that stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And then actually getting someone to implement. And then also having someone, knowing that you have someone to do all that monotonous stuff, uh, it just allows you to yeah, just think bigger, I suppose. You know? I have you know, some, some of the staff that I work with, I think that Administ administrative work is so undervalued mm -hmm. in some ways because some, you know, what you just talked about and some of the spreadsheets and the tracking and the pulling of information, I think of some of my staff who just, the way they do that and the way they format it and make, I don't, I don't have the patience. I, I literally don't think I have the capacity to do that. If somebody said do that, I literally, and it's not because it's, a, it's above me, but like, I just, I, just, I, just, I just can't. Mm -hmm. But for somebody to sit down and do that work, there is so much value to that. Absolutely. It's incredible. Absolutely. And it takes a special person yeah. to be able to have the patience yeah. to do that properly and make it workable. Definitely. Now, I remember, um, you know, there's a period when I first started till maybe even five, six years in where I was doing my own bookkeeping and all that sort of stuff. And I remember there'd be times where I'd just dread doing bookkeeping that was, my, that was my big thing that I hated. I had receipts piled up and 
um, you know, I would put it off for like weeks and weeks and then that turned into months. And every morning I'd wake up being like, all right, this is what I got to do. I got to focus on this and it just wouldn't happen. But because my mind was like focused on this sort of menial task that really is not a big deal, um, it, you know, it, it paralyzed me actually. It prevented me from doing so other things. True. Uh, and I was just focused on this, this thing that I'm procrastinating on. And during that time, I wasn't really able to be productive in terms of generating business because I'm thinking in my mind like, oh, I got to do this thing. And you know, you work on it for half an hour and you're like, oh, I hate this. This is the worst thing ever. Like, should have done investment banking. <laughs> um, the theme of your career. Yeah, should have exactly. investment Should have done investment. Yeah. Should have gone into finance. But, we, used, but, we used to joke um, at, at CIR until very recently. Like, because obviously real estate's tough, right? Running a real estate brokerage is tough. True. And every now and then something com would come up and we'd be like, should have started an oil company. Yeah. And it's so started. funny because then, and, and, now, and we would make jokes. It was like, Glad we didn't start an oil company. Yeah, literally. Yeah. In the 2014, <laughs> we're like, didn't start an oil company. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. That, after the financial crash, I was like, I'm glad I didn't go into investment. That's exactly right. right. Exactly. Yeah. So one thing that so you so you have the two assistants. The other thing I want to bring up because I I feel like this is important is in order to have assistants, you have to be very organized. Yeah. Because giving people work is hard. Even with mm -hmm. my staff, with with Lindsay's staff, and you know you do a lot of this in the brokerage to be able to give people work that you track you yourself really need to be in control of a ton of stuff. For sure. And one of the things that you do, which is so impressive that you mentioned, is you hire a summer student. Yep. And you've created a, a, a manual. I don't know yep. what it is, but yeah. you can have somebody come in, and they, it, you're so organized with your directions and the processes that they just sit in that chair and they work. Yep, yeah. Um, what I would actually recommend, and this is how my whole assistant thing started was, I would hire a co-op student from the University of Waterloo. They have a co-op program, so they must, they must do uh, some sort of co-op um, to graduate. And I think they have to actually do five of them to actually graduate from the University of Waterloo. Um, and so you can hire them super cheap. I think I was initially paying like $12.50 an hour, which is now, I think, below the minimum wage. Um, but I'd hire them, and they'd come here. They have to actually pay for their own living expenses. Uh, they'd be full-time. And, um, you know, those people, they're very smart. These students are, like, extremely brilliant. University of Waterloo is a very good university. Um, and when they come here, they don't really care so much about the money. They care a little bit about the experience, but they more so care about the grade you're going to give them at the end. Because at the end, you give them a grade. And, you know, it ranges from outstanding to excellent to very good to good and so on and so forth. And so you can work these people extremely hard. <laughs> you can make them do a lot of work. And get maximum value. Maximum, maximum value. The problem with it is that once your systems are developed, um, you don't want your worker to change every four months because there's some continuity within someone who learns stuff. And it, takes, it probably takes about two to three weeks to train a new assistant with all the systems. But you get a little exhausted of training someone three times a year totally. or whatever it is. But to create a system, they're the perfect uh, tool. Uh, because they come in knowing that it's a four-month thing. And in that four months, you're telling them, okay, this is what I want to accomplish. This is my social media plan. This is what I want to do. I want you to put all of that in writing. Let's talk about it. Let's discuss. Let's meet every morning. And then you're going to focus on this. You're going to focus on that. You're going to focus on this. This is our for sale by owner system. This is whatever it is. And so they create a huge manual, and initially we called it the Co-op Student Manual, or Co-op Student Guide. 
Uh, and now that's just my employee guide. I love that. I mean, Isn't that, that is exactly the way to do it. Realtors who are too busy to say, I don't even know what I'd give my assistant. I have no idea. It's like, well, <clears throat> you have to make a little bit of time mm -hmm. because you have to take that half step back in order to say, okay, exactly you said, here's what I want to create. Yeah. Here's a tool. We're going to use MailChimp. We're going to do this. I want you to go through this process, figure it out, Google what you need to, yeah. and document the process. Yep, exactly. Achieve these results. Right. And it also honors them as well yeah. in terms of saying you can do a little bit of this your way too, right. and then you create this manual, and now you have it forever. For sure. And, and it forces you to actually think about what are your systems. Because when you don't have any systems and you're like, you know, you're paying this person again, yeah. you, know, you don't want to waste that money. So all of a sudden you're like, okay, this is what I'd like to see. And, and you know, a lot of the things that I've created in the past were wrong. And that's actually a really important step because only once you actually go through stuff and you spend money yeah. and you realize, oh, I shouldn't have done it this way, that's when you correct and you, you know, recalibrate and uh, head in the right direction. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's a very valuable uh, tool and I recommend it to all agents because it's really not that expensive. Uh, and it it kind of forces you to get your stuff together though. Exactly, yeah, absolutely. With some benefits. With some benefit, exactly. Yeah. I love that you start with the student. That's, that's yeah. fantastic advice, and yeah. I give that advice to any realtor. It's like, start with the students. It's exactly what we did with our um, <clears throat> video job. We were actually unsure whether or not this we would did. be a, a full-time opportunity, right. and we hired a, a video person. And, um, and, and got government a, funding from it. Right, yeah. So you get government funding from I it I had before, well? so that's only, that's only for the summer term. Right. Yeah, that's uh, what we did. Canada Summer Jobs. Yeah. Um, so I did get government funding for that, but um, with Waterloo, they have rotating terms every four months. So you can actually hire a rotating student right. you know, endlessly. Um, you know, and I know there's other universities that offer co-op as well. I, I'm, I'm biased towards Waterloo yeah. because they're actually very, very smart. It's hard to get into that university. My best, my, my best friend um, did engineering at Waterloo. Yeah. And we, for the four years she was there, there wasn't a single summer we ever saw her because she cool. did something in Nevada and then she yeah. did something, I think it was out east, and then she did something in BC. And, but by the time she was done, I was like, you are a real life adult with work experience and you have this for degree. Sure. Like, like, it's not, like you're really, anyways, neither here nor there, but why, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Water but, but cool. you know, and, and for them, they also do get the benefit of learning all these different tools, like, you know, the students I'd bring in would learn Facebook ads and Google yeah, ads totally. and MailChimp and Follow-up Boss and uh, yeah. all sorts of stuff, right? And yeah. different different social media things. And, and, and that's, uh, the, real life that's, that's yeah. the real world now. That's yeah. the real world. It's so yeah. funny because people think, oh, well, you know, we should learn like Six Sigma strategy and like, you know, uh, different inventory systems and stuff as we're going in. But it's like, well, you know, if you're going to get into business and you have yeah. any kind of entrepreneurial spirit, you're, you're your older boss is going to look at you and say, I don't know, yeah. you know, Facebook, what are you talking about? Yeah, like, yeah. What's, what's a Figure Facebook pixel? What's a, you know, what are these things you're talking about? Totally. So I would even make actually some of the students do, you know, some of the real estate training. Um, so I'd buy the books or the, the CDs at the time or whatever it is. And I'd say, okay, you listen to this because I don't want to listen to it. Mm -hmm. You summarize it for me and then think of a way to implement these tools that they're saying. Love it. Know? That's beautiful. Um, yeah, I mean, we have, it makes my job easy. Right now, we're in the process of, and I, and I think this is applicable to what you're saying, but we're in this process of putting together our, our CIR concierge program, mm -hmm. which is if you don't have a full-time assistant, but, the, but you want the use of assistant, we'll do it. You don't have to train anybody, sure. right? Like you yeah. don't have, all done for you. But one of the interesting things that we're learning, which we kind of knew already, is people are so unorganized that you could be beyond busy, have time to do nothing, but to give your work away 
is impossible because right. you're so unorganized yeah. to even think about having to tell somebody how to do it. But but that's that's crippling. Yeah, that's crippling. Definitely. So I think what, I, th I think what you spoke about. I hope that resonates with a few people to say for me to get better, I need to not be doing twenty hour a work cat twenty dollar an hour job. Yeah, exactly. And I need to it's create systems that, to be yeah. able to give that. Your time is worth more than that. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? And if it's if you don't think it is, there's a problem. Yeah. yeah. Let's, uh, let's, let's switch gears for a second. There's a couple other topics I want to get covered really quick here. Yeah. Um, one of them being, you've actually had this longevity on your team that's, that's been incredible. Yeah. And, and it really has been because um, when I look at teams in other brokerages, I mean, these things are revolving doors they are. Um, completely. Whereas you've had one of the most stable structures that I've ever seen. Right. In real estate overall, I mean, we're talking about t some teams having over the course of a two-year period 100% turnover, right. um, even a year and a half in some cases. Um, what do you attribute that to? What 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 works? Good team members. Um, I think not being greedy. Uh, my percentages that I split are a lot lower. I give people the freedom of doing their own individual stuff. Yeah. Um, and and my logic is until I'm able to add enough value to someone's life in terms of giving them enough business, then maybe I'll become more rigid and you know, have a little bit of a tighter structure and increase the percentages. But until I'm able to make someone uh, an amount of money where they could not absolutely do that on their own, um, let's keep it loose, let's keep it unstructured, uh, let's not be too greedy about it because we're all gonna benefit, we're all gonna make money from it anyway. And it's, it sounds so collaborative. It is, yeah, it is for sure. Now, I also want to ask you this question because you have such a, we've talked about two very polar opposite sides of the spectrum. You talked about the new realtor um, struggling, which you've almost done twice, once when yeah. you first started and once when you know, the business tanked, yeah. um, which we've all been through, by the way. Um, what advice, let's start with a new realtor for a mm -hmm. second here. What advice would you give a new realtor who's looking to get started knowing what you know yeah. now? Um, Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> well, uh, thank you. That's what we... <laughs> I guess, you know, I'd say memorized dialogue would actually really help a lot. A lot of people don't know how to talk on the phone. Uh, they don't know how to interact with uh, clients when they meet them. Um, I actually got... So I, I did this memorized dialogue thing when I first started, and it was more, it was more firm and structured but it became more of a conversational thing where I actually saw you as a person later on in life. And funny story, I was, I was with this girl for many years. I became single. And um, this was probably in 2008, 2009. Uh, and I had no idea how to talk to girls. And so I, I did any, any normal thing that any normal guy would do is I'd read, I'd read dating books. You know, <laughs> so you read, uh, you read like the game and stuff like that. Yeah. And dating and talking to clients is the exact same thing. <laughs> uh, so I'd be the guy at the bar who, you know, I'd meet a girl, I'd get her number, and I'd be like, I'd text her, be like, I really like you a lot. I think we could be married. <laughs> but, you know, like, oh no. Yeah, I was that guy. I was that guy. And so imagine that as the real estate and client relationship. Yeah. Uh, real estate client it. relationship. And nailed it. you're like, I think we should do business together. Yeah. I'm going to call you. I'm yeah. going to text you. I'm, I'm going to email house. you. <laughs> the best thing like, ever. And yeah. you just really annoy the person. 
Um, so understanding the, that psychology and also what to say, how to say it, um, dating and real estate, very, very similar. And, and that's actually when I got good at it and I understood that you know, when you approach a prospect, if you do not have that appearance of being successful, of providing something of value, uh, and also being kind of nonchalant about things. Yeah, you're not tied to the outcome. Yeah, I'm not tied to the outcome at all. Look, if you want to do business with me, good, great, wonderful, I'm awesome, I know what I can do for you, I can provide a lot of value. If not, I've got a lot of other clients lined up. What do you think, right? And so you, you approach it like that versus being like, I can do this for you, let's, let's go meet at the house at you know, 7 a.m. because that's when it's convenient for you. Um, but I mean, again, same thing with dating, right? If you're that guy who's like just super eager and uh, you don't demonstrate higher value, which is uh, a dating term, um, you will probably not get a lot of business yeah. initially. You'll scare off more business than you attract. And a lot of it is about creating, yeah, it's, it's, a lot of it is about creating this, um, this persona or image where you don't necessarily have to chase business. You know, you, you do what it takes to open doors, uh, but then you let the business kind of come to you. But, but it, takes, uh, it takes a certain skill set and understanding psychology to do that. Uh, the big thing was... And confidence, and, uh, and, obviously, And confidence, right? but th that comes with time. Uh, there, well, yeah. you, I would say you have to have patience to be able to know that these efforts will pay off. For sure. Right, and you have to know that this patience and this calm, cool, collective, you just need to hold out and then you'll see it. But I guess you For need sure. to let that happen before you For sure. Like I was, you know, initially when I first started, I'd send an email and then I didn't hear back. And I was like, okay, well, what's going on here? I'm going to email the guy again. I'm going to phone him. I'm going to text him. You're not going to get business like that, right? But you got to be confident knowing that the text that you sent was a good, solid, standalone text. And if this person wants to do business with you, they'll respond. If they don't, that's okay. Yeah. There's lots of other business out there. You got it. Um, that's and so great, Camille. Yeah. So it was, it was interesting to learn that. And I'd say that's, that's a big thing that a lot of agents, like you'll hear agents on the phone at the office and kind of stumbling through calls and um, kind of promising stuff that puts them in a, a very disadvantageous type situation. Um, and so when my assistant potentially is doing cold calls, I'm always overhearing and I'm always listening and you know, I, I can kind of hear the structure of what she's talking about. And I say, okay, don't do it this way this time. Next time say this or say that or mention this. Um, but that's something that it is a skill yep. and you do have to learn that. And if you don't learn that, um, I think the chances of success are very low. Cam, you've inspired me. I've actually been sitting on some people are probably be angry with me for even saying this. I've been sitting on this script database that I've had for probably five years, right. and I just haven't finished organizing it all together. But I have, you know, when you're talking about the you Jerry do. Presser scripts, all this, I have yeah. dozens and dozens, probably hundreds of scripts right. for various aspects, and I haven't published them up yet because right. um, I don't have it all organized yet. But I'll get that done, and hopefully, even before this video comes out, that'll be available. Uh, maybe the link will be down here about where it is. Oh, perfect. Yeah. That'd so, be great. Um, Cam, thank you well, so much. Hold on. One, I, one more have, thing. Okay. I, just really quick. I know we got to wrap sure. up. Um, sure. One more question because we had it was a two-parter. Um, the second part was you have an ex a realtor who's run off their feet mm -hmm. um, right now, and, and you felt that. You brought the assistant. You know, what, tell me for a second here, what advice would you give to that person who just yeah. feels like it's so chaotic? Um, in, in 
60 seconds or less. Ooh, that's, that's more than a 60 second question. But um, a big thing that I actually just learned this last year um, was a lot to do with self-mastery type stuff. And that's actually, you know, if you really want to be successful, it's really important to master your own internal self first. And that's taken me time as I've grown into an adult. Uh, the big, big thing, I, I hired a personal trainer last year. Nice. Um, I feel actually, until last year, and I didn't realize this, but I feel I was like malnourished my entire life. Um, Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, my diet has changed completely. Uh, I exercise regularly every morning and now I have tons of energy and, and more than anything it, um, it gives me the ability to take a step back, look at things for what they are, deal with certain problems as they are and not as more than that. You're not caught up in that world. I'm not caught up in that. Um, so if you are run off your feet I would say that's, that's a huge thing is Get into a proper diet. Get, get into, into your own body. Exercise. And self care. Exactly. And it's really, yeah. it, even you could even go a little higher than that and say uh, it comes down to a, a spiritual sort of thing where you look at yourself internally and give yourself that time. Uh, but only once you start doing that um, is it easy to kind of change everything else. That's beautiful. Yeah. Awesome. Cam, thank you so well, much. My pleasure. Thank you for your time and, and be willing to give back and share with the group. No problem at all. It was great. All right, thanks guys. Thank you. See awesome. you. Take care.